I want to take you back to 2016 when Tim Duncan retired and Coach Pop had a few words. Let's take a listen. Well, Dave, you and I both know that he's too smart to coach. That's for sure. So I don't think we're going to see Timmy going up and down the sidelines much. Uh, but I, I have a notion that you know he'll at least listen to being involved somehow or other, maybe even on a part-time basis, not a full-time basis. I don't know. Uh, but I'm certainly going to hit him with everything I have to try to keep him around here as long as we possibly can uh, because he means that much to, to everyone, uh, as we've mentioned. His willingness to allow me and, and my staff to coach him uh, and you know, coach him critically, uh, you, know, you did well, you did poorly, here's the deal. Uh, that allowed for a lot of success because that set the tone for every other player that's ever come through that door. Because uh, so, when somebody like him accepts and wants direction and coaching and responds to it so well, it makes it very difficult for anybody else to uh, go in a different direction. So that was, that was huge for our success. What did he teach you about leadership? That there are all kinds of leadership. Uh, his was a quiet. You know, he doesn't wave a towel. He doesn't give speeches. Uh, when he speaks, uh, it's for a purpose. Less is more, in a sense, uh, with him. And so when he did speak, it meant something to people. And he led by example. Uh, he had a vision. Everybody bought into his vision. Uh, he was accepting. Uh, he was not judgmental of people. He didn't really even need to demand because they knew inherently that what he expected was what they saw in him and what he did every day in practice and in games. How he handled a loss. Uh, how he handled our loss in Miami in the finals. How he handled our win against Miami in the finals. Uh, that's who he was, and that's how he led. You are listening to a fucking Spurs podcast. I am Robert Trejo, or Roberto Trejo was junior with some salsa, if you like it like that. On today's episode, we got Instagram's Spurs feed on the pod. James from Spurs feed has joined us. We're going to talk a lot about Tim Duncan is back, baby. Did he ever really leave, though? Did he ever really leave, though? No, the culture, everything that we do is built on this man, and he is back, and we're going to see him on a game-to-game basis. Can't wait for Pop to get ejected, and Becky's like, yo, you got this one, Tim. Go ahead and run with it. That will be epic. We're going to talk about Tim Duncan and Coach Pop, R.C. Buford. We're going to get into, you know, DeMar DeRozan. LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, the new players that we've added. We're going to talk a little bit about our young guys, all that and more. But first, there's a beat. Sire Nova's got a drop, and that drops right now.
supposed to be easy. Every round gets tougher. Penetrate hard. Good passes. Shoot with confidence. I want some nasty. So it's a big day in Spurs Nation. Today I got James from Spurs Feed on, hey, the, on the pod. What is up, brother? What's up, man? It's a joyous day. It's, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I think all Spurs Nation is doing fantastic. Today, as after they the should Spurs, be. As we should be. Damn right. Timmy's back. He never really left, but he's back. Two goats back together again the way it should be. Pop and Timmy doing their thing. It was a huge moment for us. I mean, this is a huge moment for us. I know that, you know, we've had a lot of ups and downs through this offseason. It's been a short offseason. But there's been a lot of, you know, hits and miss. You know, everyone's just bugging out about Marcus Morris. Everyone's undecided about Trey Lyles and player this, free agency that. But it's all time to calm down and relax because Tim Duncan is back, baby. What are your takes? What? Do, how do you feel now that Timmy is going to be on the bench, he's going to be there. We're going to see Tim Duncan again <laughs> every game. Yeah, I, I think I think this. What it, I think it should wipe away. I think any questions that the first fans had coming into the season, like it's just everyone should be just like overjoicing. Like this is this is like this is just a perfect match. Like it was just like I never expected it to happen. Um, and then when I saw it happen, it it. You know, I was kind of speechless. I kind of still am, you know, because it's just like I didn't expect him to do it. I thought, you know, he wanted to, you know, go spend time with his family and, and whatnot, but he was still hanging around the facility and stuff. But, you know, I think it just – I'm really happy. I'm super excited. I can't wait to see him and Pop, you know, uh, on the bench working together. And just I, – I think it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah. I it, it means so much for our basketball, right, on the court – I mean that's something that these are two totally different pods that we could even, we can break this up into, right? What he brings to, from the culture because San Antonio is Tim Duncan. This whole mm-hmm. this whole organization and the success and the culture it was all built on these two guys, a coach and a player, a player that relied on the coach and a coach that needed that from the player. And Tim Duncan set the tone every practice. Everybody would come in and say, you can't say nothing to Pop. Pop tells you something, you got to do it. Why? Because Timmy's over there and he never says shit, you know? And so he's back yeah. in the gym. And and I know what you're saying. We always heard that he was in the gym and he was working out with our young guys. And you would always see pictures of him working out. And some of the guys would say that they just see him in the weight room and they would be like in awe. They'd be like, oh, man, Timmy's over there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, he's he's hanging around. He really hasn't left. Like, this is this is a real family organization. We don't just talk about it. It's it's real. And now that he's not just going to be there helping out whenever he wants, but like you said, I, I didn't expect it either. It came out of totally left field. And uh, he it, now that he's going to be there on a day-to-day basis, what does that mean for the development of our guys – and he's going to be there on the bench being able to coach and being able to, you know, inspire, being able to tweak some things. And, I mean, I know yeah. Pop's always been high on, on Timmy as a coach and wanting him to be a coach. But I, I, I like you, thought a 19-year 19 19 career 
was a lot of time away from the family and thinking that he was going to want to spend more time, you know, away from the game. But I guess mm-hmm. you can't when you're the GOAT. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I think it just every aspect I think he's going to help in, whether that's, you know, with the young guys, um, with, you know, I think he's mainly going to be that connection, I think, from to the players. I think, you know, with Pop, every, you know, player has respect for him, no matter what, because you know his history. But I think having Timmy there is kind of your, kind of like your in-the-middle kind of guy to kind of be and kind of play both sides. Because players know, no matter if you're young or anything, you see Timmy, you know, Timmy, mm-hmm. Timmy's a San Antonio, you know, idol. He's like, he's, you know, he's an icon. Yeah, he's, an icon. He's, yeah. he's a top top five player, arguably, all time. And, you know, when you're able to, you know, he's able to, you know, speak to a player and then, you know, it's a lot easier. It makes it easier on the players. I think it helps the development of, I think, someone like a Jakob, someone like Drew Banks or maybe even Chemezi Matu. I think he'll help them out a lot, spending even more time with them. Um, I think it also might even attract, make San Antonio a little bit more of an attractive attractive, uh, free agency spot, you know, maybe. Maybe they're (laughs) like, you know, being able to, he with Tim Duncan all the time, you know. I think mm-hmm. that, especially for a big, you know, someone like if a Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, came back on the open market, someone like that would mm-hmm. definitely attract them. Um, I just, I just, I just think it's really awesome, really dope. Yeah. So what do you think on the the topic of hey, you know, sometimes great players don't make great coaches, and you know, there's a long history of that I think if you look at the great coaches now who who were former players, they were usually like bench players and backup point guards and things like that. You know, those are the ones that really Mm -hmm. sat, learned, were around the coaches while the stars played. I don't think this is the case for Timmy. You know, I think in this case, in the San Antonio, in the world of San Antonio, he understands everything. Like he, he was a coach on the floor. He was a coach in the locker room. Shoot. He was a coach on the road. He taught these young players how to be professionals and and all that noise and i think he can project his leadership and how to be a leader on our young guys on our young dj you know murray who's who's stepping up in a leadership role i see that in lonnie walker as well you know it's like hey look y'all guys want to lead this is how it's done and mm-hmm. it's like what, what do you say you say yes sir yes sir mr fundamental yeah, sir yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the, the former players becoming coaches, you know, I think you look at most of them, you know, you look at, a, you know, they're high IQ players, like a guy like a Jason Kidd, you know, mm-hmm. he came straight out of being a player into straight becoming a head coach. Yeah. You look at someone like Derek Fisher, he did the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, even if you want to go back to Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. who, you know, went straight to being a head coach and, you know, did horrible. And I think, even yeah, though they're Russell. super high IQ guys, I think that jump and not having really any time off and then being straight into a head coach, I think with Timmy, he got his, his three years off. Um, and I think him being an assistant coach, you know, that that's, you know, it's not as much, nearly as much pressure as being a head coach. You don't have all the duties, all the responsibilities, you know, and you get to learn from a coaching aspect, from Pop, and I just think he is a high IQ guy. He is going to 
succeed in his role. I, I just I think we're he's fine when it comes to that because he got a time off and because he's not having the duties of a head coach and he is an assistant. And so I think, you know, he's just going to – plus he's super familiar already with the Spurs organization. Mm-hmm. You look at some of the other situations that I mean, named before, they were becoming head coaches of, you know, teams that they had never been with or teams that they'd never familiar with. So I think that just helps to me even more. Yeah, when you come from the league straight to a head coaching role, you're pretty much setting up yourself for failure. I don't see how that transition is an easy one or even a a possible one, man. I mean, just if you follow the family tree of of the Spurs coaching staff, you always have guys like Mike Budenhauser, who was here for years and years. Brett Brown, who's here for years and years. Ime uh, Ime Udoka, who just left, was with us for like at least four or five seasons, at least. Um, I I, want to say it might have been more. Yeah, yeah, it might have been more. And Ettore Messina, who was a head coach overseas, came over here to be an assistant and to learn. Um, and then he goes back to being a head coach back overseas. But the opportunity came up. I think the timing is is absolutely perfect. I think ever since last year when Manu left, because we felt it when Timmy left. and then But we still had Manu. And now that Manu's out, this year was so strange. It was like we were looking for... We were looking looking for something, and we we look we would always look to pop, right? Like, where is it? Like, where's our juice? Where is it coming? Yeah. You know, wh- when are we turning around this road this rodeo road trip that we never turned around? You know, it's like like we're we're grasping on to what we had because we trust our organization, we trust our coaches, we trust development, we trust in pop and RC, um, and this year we were left a lot of sh- a little bit short, not you know. When we were in the Big Three era, we didn't make the finals every year. We didn't make the Western Conference finals every year. But we knew we had what it took to get there, you know. And I feel like with Timmy being back on the bench, it gives us hope. It gives us a little bit of, um, you know, sureness that there's people in this gym that we're familiar with as Spurs Nation and we can trust and and who's going to steer us the right way and actually i i can't wait just to see what he does what he's in charge of is he is he in charge of working with big men is he going to be like the out of bounds play coach you know or mm-hmm. the defensive guy or, or or what but it's going to be exciting spurs nation's got to be ecstatic right now and and I just can't wait. I can't wait to just see him in a suit. I wonder if he's going to slim down those suits or he's going to rock those big, big ass coats that he used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking maybe he's going to still rock the, the dreads that he was rocking at um, on his retirement. <laughs> yeah, no. Pops, well, I also, came in. I also was go. wondering who uh, who's going to be the the first assistant. Is it going to be Becky? Is it going to be Tim? Or is it going to be Will Hardy? Like, you know, know how when Pop would get ejected. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be Messina that would come in. So I'm pretty sure right now it would probably be Becky, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of wondering who the first assistant is going to be. Yeah, that's who I would put my money on, too, would be Becky. And I don't think Timmy would have a problem with it. But how mm-hmm. cool would that be to see Pop get ejected and then Timmy take the reins? Like, imagine if it was if it was at home. If it was at home, oh, my God, the... 
Spurs I think people Nation. would want to see Tom get ejected. Yeah, people are like, hey, go ahead, go ahead, get get thrown out, <laughs> throw him out. And Timmy would step up. Oh my God, that would be a moment, you know, like one of those monumental moments that Spurs Nation would have forever, man. Real quick, uh, RC. A lot of people think that RC stepped down. He didn't. He stepped up, and it's like, mm-hmm. and all these reports. It's saying that oh RC uh, took a took a higher position than the GM. I'm like, what is the higher position? Did he just did they just make one? <laughs> they were probably he was probably like, look, this might be my last draft. Like I, I you know like um, the GM job is he's probably getting over it. And but we were probably like, don't leave. We'll create a job for you. You know that's higher than the GM. And I think it's Brian Wright. Is that who it is? Mm-hmm. Brian yep. Wright stepping in, and uh, this is like again, man. Like this is uneasy. This is uneasy for us. We don't like seeing RC. We don't like. We don't want to see RC go, even though he's still going to be around. But now we're trusting some guy that's been with us for a few seasons, and having Timmy back. Pop. Everyone's saying, "Oh, well, Timmy's going to take over Pop," and this is a guaranteed thing now. That this is what this is. It's it's the inevitable. You know, passing of the torch at the head coach. And like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is at all. I'm not sure if Pop signed his three-year extension yet. Do you know? Um, I, I don't believe there's any official news on that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even if he does, I think it's still been... Like a three-year... He's we're not guaranteed to get all three years of pop coaching. It's mm-hmm. kind of just a year to year thing. Mm-hmm. So that is not like official yet, but yeah. yeah. And I think his, his passion is leaning towards USA basketball. I feel like that's mm-hmm. his new challenge in front of himself. You know, he's been doing this, this grind ready for 19, 20 seasons. And you know, it's sometimes it's, it's, that's what all it is, is you need a new challenge in front of you. Um, so what are your thoughts on RC? Any quick thoughts on those? Yeah, with that one, um, that, that one came, it's not a shock that he um, kind of stepped a little bit away from it. It's just, it was a shock to me that it came a little bit of a couple years earlier than mm-hmm. I thought he would have, because he's still, he's not like, you would expect that from like someone in their, maybe their seventies or something. But I, if I'm not mistaken, he's 58. So he's, mm-hmm still relatively young he still has you know a lot of years left in him and he's doing a great job at it um and so i thought he would wait a little bit more years until he would officially hand over the general manager title to someone um but you know it's not super uneasy feeling for me because i know he's still going to be around i know there's still a bunch of other smart people in the san antonio front office um, like Brian Wright, um, I don't know much about him. Um, I know he's 37. I know that. I know his age. Um, he's been, I think, with us for two past, for the past two seasons. Um, I think they said he was even. They were letting him take calls on the Kawhi trades. I think oh, they wow. said he was taking some calls last year. I think he was pivotal in landing Rudy Gay back, Damari mm-hmm. Carroll, and the Marcus Morris deal. Even though that didn't happen mm-hmm. but i think they said he was like huge in all three of those so it seems like he you know 
good at his job. So it's kind of just, you know, a wait and see kind of thing. So, you know, as I give it more thought, I feel like RC maybe felt that this is the right time because he's, he has secured, I want to say, the next seven, eight years of this organization. With this draft, DeJounte, oh, yeah. Bryn, Derek White, you know, I think he can sit back and be like, you know what, acquisition, talent acquisition and scouting and all that stuff. Like we're like we're good right now. I think right now is a good time where, you know what? If RC and Pop trust Brian Wright, then so do I. You know, we trust these guys. I trust everything they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe it was just the right time. Yeah, I think I think the future looks as bright as it has ever looked in San Antonio. I think what Pop and RC have done drafting wise mm-hmm. has been amazing. I couldn't. I I couldn't praise their drafting the past couple of years enough, you know, mm-hmm. from DeJounte. I, you know, I didn't know much about him at 29. He's been amazing. Derek White, when, when you know, we drafted him, I I wasn't uh, high on him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't want him because he was a four-year guy. Mm-hmm. I was leaning more towards, uh, I think I wanted Jordan Bell and Josh Hart. I wanted them to. Uh-huh. Happy we got Derek White instead. <laughs> uh, they proved yeah. me wrong there. Um and then with Lonnie, absolutely love that draft pick. Kelvin yep. and Luca, I think, are both amazing draft picks, and they're going to be great in the next years. Like, I just smile thinking about the Spurs' future. Like, I yeah. think, I think they've done a great job, and are, we're set. And I love that. Yeah, so am I. I mean, it, you're absolutely right. They hit it out of the park. They they probably put like a four or five year plan in front of them. Said like, okay, look, we need to talent up. We need a youth up and get an athletic. In these next five years, and if if you want to take the 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 Dejounte Murray pick all the way to the Quindary Witherspoon pick, you know, like that's what we've done. We've set ourselves up for success. And as a GM, I think you can feel good walking away from that, knowing that we're going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's left us in great hands. You yes. know, as Spurs fans, you know, like he didn't just. He first of all he hasn't even left yet, but you know, as the GM, mm-hmm. he didn't leave us high and dry. He left us in great hands with a great future in front of us. Yeah, a great future. Almost so opti- I'm almost so optimistic about these young group of guys, and so confident in our staff, which is going to lead me to my next question, our next topic. We're going to take a little break just to remind you guys to follow a Bucking Spurs podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Instagram, a Bucking Spurs podcast, Twitter, a Bucking Spurs pod. Make sure you share the love. Spurs Nation, I want to hear from you. I'm calling y'all out. Get at me on any of these platforms. I'm mostly on Instagram, but get at me. It's the downtime of the NBA season, and I want to hear from you. I want to hear what Spurs Nation has to stay has to say and how you feel. So get at me. Follow me, subscribe, like, comment. Don't forget to like and comment everything that we do. It really helps us out a lot. It's been a big month for Spurs Nation. It's been a big month for a bucking Spurs podcast, and we ain't done yet. 
back to the pod. How do you feel about all this DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge trade rumors? And how would you feel about them leaving and about us moving on and moving pieces for them, either bringing in players or picks and running with these guys? Uh, how, how, what's, what are your feelings on that? Are you ready to do it? Are you not ready to do it? I really like this team. This year, this mm-hmm. team that we've put together with Damari Carroll, Trey Lyles, and uh, and bringing back Rudy Gay, and and with this young and with this young core, I really like it. I you know I really do, but I have some issues. I have some issues with our starting lineup. Where are sh- where's our shooting going to come from? Because um, do we need to take more threes? Is Demar going to take more threes? Is LA going to take more threes? We doubled down on the mid range game last season. And look, just to be honest, it wasn't good enough to get us out of the first round. It is what it is. And we need to make some adjustments. And I think our draft picks and and our free agency did that. But how do you feel about the possibility of moving away from DeMar in L.A.? I think the possibility of it, you know, I think you should always weigh all your options when it comes to the NBA, especially now. You know, you always have to be open to change and open to, to doing whatever is best for the team. Um, but when it comes to, like, this upcoming season, I think, you know, where our team is at right now with getting DeJounte back and uh, getting in Damari Carroll and uh, Trey Monty. Lyles and, and yeah, running Monty this Walker. team, yeah. I think you need to see how the season at least starts off or how it plays out with DeMar in L.A., um, I don't think you should look to move them just yet unless we see how they all mesh, how they all play together. Um, because if you jump the gun on that, you know, we're never really going to see how DeJounte plays with them, which is, in my opinion, the biggest thing because I'm super high on DeJounte. I am, I'm like the biggest DeJounte. I'm buying all the stock in DeJounte out of <laughs> anyone in the world. You know, I'm super high on him and I hated seeing him go down because I wanted to see him yeah. run with DeMar it was you know, his and year. see how fast they could get down the court and you know, and just kill everyone in the fast break. And so seeing him go down, I really want to see how he plays with DeMar in L.A. because I think he can't be the third guy. I mm-hmm. think he can be that. I think he has that mentality, he has that mindset. So I think moving away from DeMar in L.A. would kind of hinder seeing that a little bit. But after the season, if, you know, we see how well they performed or didn't perform, if one, either DeMar played well and L.A. didn't or L.A. did and DeMar didn't, you can move on from them. You know, because with DeMar, it's kind of more of a risk if you plan on moving on from him because then he can opt out and then almost walk for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then with L.A., you have a little bit more flexibility because he still has one year left, but it's also only $7 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of did want to part with him, and, yeah. I don't know, you could find a trade or something, you could still kind of pull a pal and release him and only have $7 million and maybe take some back. So mm-hmm. I think you need to weigh all your options. I'm not opposed to trading either one of them. I just don't think right now would be the time. Let's see the season. Let's see how the team plays. And then we can, you know, kind of go from there. 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense to do that now. And for the word to get out that, you know, well, the word that got out was that people are calling us about DeMar DeRozan. So we'll take calls. You're not a GM unless you're answering those calls and saying, hey, what's up? Oh, really? You want to give me this for DeMar? Okay. And then one, one GM calls the other GM, call, uh, calls the other GM, says, hey, I was going to give him this much, you know, or whatever. So then you get another call. You get another call. You get another call. And it could be a mm-hmm. bunch of smoke, you know. It just doesn't make sense. I think this team right now, and it's going to take some figuring out during the season, lineup-wise, but this team is so good. I feel like you've added Damari Carroll, who can who can 3 and D, which is what we needed. You know, uh, Bertans, who was the 3, but he didn't have any D. You know what I'm saying? And, and once you chased him off the three-point line, it was over. And I love Bertans, yeah. and, you know, and give him a shout-out for everything he did with us. And I remember drafting him, you know, like way back and all that stuff. But let's let's be honest, Demari Carroll is a huge, huge upgrade, even at with the age difference or whatever. It's 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 an improvement. And Trey Lyles, everyone's dogging on Trey Lyles. How do you feel about Trey Lyles? With Trey Lyles, I think his main thing is his potential, because he was a lottery pick once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's questions about his work work ethic and uh, how he almost similar to Andrew Wiggins doesn't really care about the game. Uh, he doesn't put in enough work. Uh, um, but I think him, it's, you know, the size he is, he's got mobility. He can 3 and D. Obviously, last year, I believe, he only shot 25%. Mm-hmm. But I think he's, I think the year before that, he shot well above 35. And mm-hmm. so I think he can, you know, we know what the Spurs do. They get the, they squeeze every ounce out of their players. They get everything they possibly can out of them. You know, you look at dudes like Jonathan Simmons, yep. you know, and, and dudes in the past like Gary Neal and yep. stuff, they get everything they can out of them. So with Trey Lyles, you know, I think we're going to get his best effort that we've seen yet. He's still young. He's still 23, I believe. Yeah, he's still 23. And so, and, yeah, he's he can play the four. He can play a small ball five. I think... Yep. You know, he comes in, and if he's willing to put the work in, I think he can he can be a real great addition to the squad. Yeah, I, I would have liked Marcus Morris for the here and now, for the here and now. It's like he is who he is, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris, we're not going to really de- develop him. I don't think there was any more to his ceiling versus, you know, than no, what yeah, he's already he's given already, us. He's already, you know, 29. He had already peaked, basically. Yeah, you know, and, tra- and Trey Lyles gives us so much upside. You know, and I take that with these young guys for the next four years versus Marcus Morris. So in that case, it makes sense. You know, I think he's a great shooter. I think he's a great passer. He's smart. He can defend. He can move the ball. Um, He's a great screener. Um, He can shoot really well off the catch. And he can make plays off the dribble. I mean, what's wrong with that? To me, he seems like a Spurs guy. And I don't know why he's getting so much grief. I I saw in a in a clip a while back that he said that he modeled a lot of his game out of from Tim Duncan. Well, guess what? Guess who's gonna guess who's gonna be in the gym this season, brother? Yeah. <laughs> you better put up or shut up. You better show that. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, and I think I think the main reason why players are hating on the Trey Lyles thing was because the Spurs fans had their hopes up with Marcus Morris, mm-hmm. and then obviously. He was the best 
free agent available aside from DeMarcus Cousins. So when we get his confirmation, you know, you see what we had to do in order to get him, trade away Davis, add an extra year to DeMar Carroll's contract, and then, you know, think we're getting Marcus Morris, and then he leaves, and then Spurs fans see all we had to give up to get Marcus Morris just for him to leave, and then we bring in, you know, what Spurs view as a downgrade. Yeah. So I think that's really where the negativity comes from is basically just the situation that we had prior to that. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily him and what he brings to the table. It's more so, I guess, the situation. But I think the Spurs fans will be surprised by Trey Lyles and yeah. what he can do. Yeah, I believe so. It's going to be all right, Spurs Nation. It's going to be all right. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, We got so much deeper, you know, this, this season with – the additions that we just talked about and if you on paper you want to look at you know who how did who who left and who came in how do we improve on the roster i mean dude we had dante cunningham god bless his soul <laughs> you know we had quincy pondexter <laughs> on our roster yeah. you know like and davis you know what i mean like we had these guys that were old long in the tooth and they were done. Like they're 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 pretty much done already in their careers. We had them just to kind of fill the Kawhi Leonard spot last year, like at least like in practice, you know, like all right, these guys are gonna play small forward. But now with mm-hmm. these guys, it's like these guys are actually gonna help us. Like we're a hell of a lot deeper this year than last year. I, I feel like that's why I don't wanna see DeMar DeRozan leave. That's why I don't wanna see Lamarcus Aldridge leave. I'm okay with doubling down for another year on this mid range game. Um, but that leads into my next question and it's, it's who starts, you know, who starts Yeah. because let's, let's talk about last year. Okay. So we had white, we had Forbes, Forbes was in the starting lineup. Now you want to talk about player versus player on paper? Yeah. Forbes should be, uh, on the bench this season and but what he did for us last year is that he provided shooting and it's like when you have two guys that are taking 90 99% of their shots in the mid-range you got to be able to space the floor somewhere you know and if Bryn isn't going to start that means that either DeJounte's got to be a three-point threat Derek White's got to be a three-point threat because I'm looking at on paper, and I like if I want to start a team tomorrow, I'm going with Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Demar Derozan, Carroll, and Lamarcus Aldridge at the five. But we all know Lamarcus Aldridge don't want to play the five, so take out Demari Carroll, and you put in Jakob at the five. There's no shooting on that floor. There's no three point shooting on that floor. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna work. So there's all these questions on who should start or what's our best lineup, you know, going to be. Because I, yeah. I think the one where we have Jakob, DeJounte, Derek White on the floor is a hell of a defensive lineup. Like, oh, my God. You know, people forget DeJounte, second-team all-NBA defense. Derek White was is, is a beast. He ain't scared of nobody. James Harden, Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard, doesn't matter what your name is. He's going to take that yeah. rock from you and make you look silly for trying to do what you do. 
and Jakob stepped up in the, in the playoffs on the defensive end. I thought he did a hell of a job against Jokic. No one can guard Jokic, but Jakob protected the paint, protected the rim, and tried to do it and, and did his best. So mm-hmm. we're, if we're going to spread the floor, I, I see Carroll starting. I see Rudy Gay still coming off the bench. Or I don't know. I mean, do we bench Derek White or DeJounte, you know, and put a natural two guard out there? I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that that's that's you know that's something I've been questioning since forever. Is our lineup? How is that going to look? I I've got so many questions. I've gone back and forth with different lineups because you know I'm like, okay, we got this, this, okay, but then we don't have this, and then mm-hmm. I, I try to change it up, and then you know, then I I just I've got so many different lineups that I've gone through, and I think with the Spurs this coming year is I think it's going to be almost a changing lineup kind of. I think. I would say the for sure starters obviously are DeJounte, DeMar, and L.A. I think they're the three guaranteed ones. And then then you can kind of play with your other guard spot and your other forward spot, you know. I personally, the most common lineup that I would run out there most of the time would be DeJounte, Derek, DeMar, and then take your pick on Rudy DeMari, depending on the other team's I guess yeah, wing player. If, mm-hmm. if they, if we're playing the Lakers, I think you throw Damari out there to put a body on LeBron or Kuzma. Mm-hmm. And if it's you know some other team like a Memphis or something, you could put Rudy out there. Um, and then LA at the five. Um, I had for the longest time wanted Derek White to run the second unit and just be an absolute monster and just mm-hmm. you know kill every team's. Bench because he would by far be the best player on yeah. the court. Um, but then when the Russell Westbrook trade happened, I realized how many good backcourt duos are in the West, you know, mm-hmm. with Houston, with Portland or Golden State or whatever, Utah. Yes. I don't feel like we're kind of wasting Derek White's yep. defense. Mm-hmm. As good as great as he is on defense, you're kind of wasting it on a backup point guard. So I think for that reason, I think him, DeJounte, Starting in the backcourt, obviously, is a top two defensive backcourt in the yep. West. Yep. Um, so it's, it's it's really difficult. I think Pop's got. I think it's a good problem to have because you have mul- uh, multiple starting caliber players on your team that you can kind of play around with. So I think Pop's going to have some fun with that, and I think we just got to kind of see what he rolls out. You know. Yeah, he has all the all the pieces. It's just what type of hand does he want to play, you know? And if we know our Spurs, it's a defensive hand, <laughs> you know. It's like like he wants to guard. He wants to be the best defensive team out there. That's always goal number one, but it doesn't work with when your two best players can't shoot threes, you know. It like it's like you got to pick and choose. Do you want to have one of the best defensive backcourts in the NBA, or do you want to shoot a lot of mid range shots? You know, it's because I don't think you can have both. Like, I don't think you can have yeah. both. Unless LaMarcus Aldridge slides down to the five and we can put a shooter on the floor. I don't know, man. I Sometimes I even feel like, why not start Luka? And I know that's crazy. I know everyone's going to be like, what, Luka? Damn, he ain't ready, man. Like, he ain't ready. And you're right. He's not. He's not ready. But I say, start his ass anyway at the four 
put LaMarcus at the five. Let him have a very restricted role. Let him shoot threes. Let him pick and pop. Let him rebound. Let him not mess up. He won't mess up with those four other guys on the floor and develop his ass. He's going to be okay. He's going to be like he's gonna, he's going to be oh dude, I, I have a high ceiling for this kid. He has a skill set that I only seen in a few players, you know, throughout my time watching the league. He has all those tools. And he's got to develop. Do I want him to develop in Austin? To be honest, no, I don't. Do I trust Austin? Yes, I do. I know if he spent the whole season in Austin, he'll come back next year and he'll be fine. He'll be he'll be great. He'll he'll do yeah. the whole Spurs learning curve that all these other guys did. But to me, it's like we can play him now. Play him now. Play his ass now. Throw him in the fire. Let him learn. It's only gonna make him better. Will he get look five minutes in the NBA? It's like 15 minutes in the G League. Come on, let's let's be honest. If you're playing 5 to 10 to 12 minutes in NBA, your rookie season, and I don't know, man. I mean, think about it. That means you would get Rudy Gay, Carroll, Lyles, Patty, Marco off the bench. That would be your second five. Like, holy shit. Like, that's a really good even mention Lonnie. Yeah. Oh fuck. Oh fuck me. No, Lonnie, bro. Oh my god, dude. Oh my dude. I was at the summer league. I went and I saw him. Yep. Play. I saw. I didn't get to see Lonnie play until the second day I was there, where he where he lit up Toronto. <laughs> oh was that god. the thirty-two? Yeah, that was the thirty-two. I was, yeah, yeah, I was there at that game, man. It's just too easy, and he's got to get minutes too, you know. So. You know, but he but he's not he's not a knockdown three point shooter either. Like he can hit it, he can hit it, but consistently mm-hmm. enough to be the like that's not Lonnie. You don't want that to be Lonnie. You, Lonnie's like Demar. You want Lonnie to get that ball and go attack or hit that mid range jumper. You know, at least yeah. now, maybe a year or two from now, he he adds that three point more consistently to his game. Now, if he wants to play this season, he has to be able to catch and shoot. He has to be able to catch and shoot because. That ball is going to swing around, you know, Spurs offense, the ball moves, and you're going to get a wide open three. You got to hit it. You know what I mean? So, dude, don't get me started Lon- Lonnie's a future, bro. I- I've been saying, I think Absolutely. I think two years from now, Lonnie's going to be one of our best players. Two years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I couldn't agree with you more on Lonnie. Like, the dude, you know, the only issue is his health. You know, he's got the, the knee problems. If he can stay healthy, I think we're seeing – a multiple-time all-star mm-hmm. right here in Lonnie because he's got all the boxes checked, you know, when it comes to his offensive game. Yep. And he, he's, he's a good defender. He still needs to learn. still needs to get some of the the little uh, – what's the word I'm thinking? He needs reps. So he just needs to tweak it up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. But I, <laughs> he did not belong at summer league. And no. I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> the best he was way. just – by yeah. far and away the best player on the court every time he stepped on the court. He was getting whatever he wanted. He was finishing at the rim on every attempt he had. Like he mm-hmm. he just showed why he didn't belong there and I think, you know, I think he's gonna get the minutes. It's just it's up to him really how big of a role he has because you know the Spurs wanna play him. They yeah. drafted him eighteenth overall. Mm-hmm. They have high expectations for him. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to play him. So it's up to him on how well he plays and how big of a role he gets, I I just I I can't wait to see him 
be, eventually become our starting two guard and yeah. maybe our best player, you know? Yeah. Or I the, the way I see it, I mean, in the future, you have DeJounte, Derek, and Lonnie. It's going to be DeJounte, Derek, and Lonnie, not DeMar. That's why it's like, okay, I understand moving off of DeMar now. Maybe you can get something for him now instead of letting him walk because two years from now, Lonnie's gonna, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, is going to be too damn good not to start, not to play. And I'm sure he would be cool coming off the bench, having that role and stuff, but it's like James Harden, dude. Like You knew he was that good, and, and when he was with OKC, yeah, he accepted that role and he thrived in it and made the team better. But you had a sleeping juggernaut in him that Houston got him and it was like, hey, here's the ball. It's all you. And look what he turned into. I can I can see that same curve happening for Lonnie. Hey, but am I a little crazy on Luca or what? Is my Luke? <laughs> uh, no. You know, I, I contemplated starting Luca because I, I love that draft pick. I love mm-hmm. his his skill set as well. You know, he's six ten, six eleven and can put the ball on the floor, run the floor like a guard. Um, I just yeah. think body-wise, I just don't think he's strong enough or big enough yet to compete with, you know, some of the bigs that he might get switched on in the NBA. Yeah. You know, he's he might get bullied a little arms. bit. He's got little baby um, But I, I would not be opposed to starting Luka at all. I would love to see at least try him out there. Yeah. You know, if, if if he looks like he's overwhelmed and can't handle it, then, you know, don't, don't start him, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you have... A Damari or a Rudy or LA to mm. to do that instead, who have done it before. So I, I'm not opposed to starting him because I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be great as well. You know, yeah. So I'm not opposed to that at all. And he could be the guy that hits the three for you in that starting lineup. Because yeah. Derek, because look, Derek White can shoot. He just didn't. I don't know why. If you look back at his at his um, his G League footage and and his summer league footage before last season, Derek White. It's like a little Steph Curry, bro. Like in the in the summer league, he was coming off ball screens and just staying at the three and knocking them down, knocking them down. Like he's just he can do it. I think this season, though, at the point position, he was like, I gotta get it to Demar. I gotta get it to L.A. You know, I gotta drive and dish, and I gotta make the right play. And he did that superb, right? But now, I mean, he can hit it if he's gonna. Are we going to run a dual point guard set, or are we going to try to mold one of these guys to be a natural two guard? And if we were going to mold one of them, I would say it's, it's, it's Derek. Yeah, see, when that one, when you talk about you know the dual point guard, you know it's in who's the two guard. I think you know it's kind of you, I can kind of go back and forth because you've seen Derek. Shoot well from outside, you know. The past, he shot, he shot pretty well from outside this past year. So mm-hmm. that would probably be the main reason why you'd want to put him at the two, and you know, if he can attack, he can do all that. But then when you look at, you know, play style wise, Dejounte is a score first kind of guard, mm-hmm. and you know, Derek has shown that he can be pass first. Obviously, that's not what he was coming into the, to mm-hmm. the league, but he can be that. He was great at that. So. I think you can still play with DeJounte at the two and making him more of a of a two guard, making him more of a you know, like a Jamal Crawford type long skinny. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Just get to the ring. You know what, you're right. Like it's just 
I haven't seen him play in so long, but when I think about it, yeah. you know, you're, abs- you're absolutely yeah, right. That's, that's the only thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He, he's a guy who who wants to hit his mid-range jumper, get to the rim before mm-hmm. looking to drive and dish. He wants to go drive and finish. That's good. Hey, so we have gone a little bit long here. We're at 42 minutes. You want to talk a little bit about this nonsense that the rest of the league has feelings of San Antonio maybe not even making the playoffs? <laughs> oh man, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know when people will learn. I mean, <laughs> it's been—I don't even know how many years. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm only 19, so it's been going on since before I was born. Since mm-hmm. the Spurs have been successful, but <laughs> for as long as I can remember, all I've been hearing for the past—I think for the past seven, eight years—every summer is. This is the year. This is the year that the Spurs will not make the playoffs. This is the year where they mm-hmm. don't succeed. This is the year where, you know, we see the downfall of them. They're getting yep. old. Okay, doesn't happen. They make the playoffs. They go play in the Western Conference Finals. Okay, it's this year. Oh, no, we make it to the Finals. Oh, and then the next year we win the Finals. And then it keeps going on and on until, you know, like last season. We lost Kawhi. We lost Tony. We lost Monty. We lost Danny. We lost DeJounte. Mm-hmm. They're not making the playoffs. And somehow, <laughs> the greatest coach of all time yep. gets us to the playoffs. And <laughs> as long as we have that guy on our sideline, these Spurs are guaranteed. He, by himself, Greg Popovich, is 40 wins, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's good enough to yeah. get any roster to 40 wins any in the regular roster. season. He could take the Sacramento Kings right now and get him to 40 wins. And I think with how good your roster is. And mm. you can't miss the playoffs with him. It's just nonsense. <laughs> no one counts us in, James. Nobody counts us in. You know what I think is going on? I think that in the summertime, all these big media outlets, Bleacher Report, ESPN, or whatever. Actually, ESPN added us at 13. They're okay. But all these guys, yeah, <laughs> they they give their NBA staff a little vacation. They go, you know what, guys? You guys worked hard all season. This I said the same thing last year. They're fucking crazy. They let the, it must be like the soccer guys or the interns that they're that they're like, you know what, guys? Hey, guys, you know what? Here's something to do: make a preseason ranking for next year. <laughs> and their interns' job is putting these lists together. It's got that's what that's the only thing I can think of because come on, Phoenix, Minnesota, look, the Mavs are gonna be better. But come on, they're like they're like come on, they're gonna win forty games, forty four games. They're gonna be in the ninth seed or the tenth seed, the Mavs, if they stay healthy. But the rest of their their team, besides their top two guys, it's like who who's there? And the Spurs at the yeah, bottom. Exactly. I've seen the Spurs at the freaking second to last. These guys have lost their mind, man. It seems like every summer, that's it's it's what it is. Because anybody, like you said, with a a drop of respect for themselves <laughs> and who knew anything about basketball wouldn't want to be made looking like a fool year after year after year. This is frustrating me, man, because it is what it is. I mean, we've gone through it. We do it every year. It sucks. We do it every year. You know, we have to go through this every year here in Spurs Nation. Every, our coach, like you said, Coach Pop is here. Still, 
Damn it, show some respect, man. Like you said, I like what you said. Coach Pop can win 40 games by himself with any <laughs> roster. He could take the Phoenix Suns right now and turn them into a playoff team. But we're used to Devin it, Devin Booker would look like Michael Jordan. Yeah, Devin Booker would look just like Michael Jordan. <laughs> Second team, all NBA and shit. Yeah, it's a, we're going to be all right, though. We're going to be all right. I'll calm down. I'll calm down. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see how we how we go from last year to this year if we're not making the playoffs. Like the West is more wide open. I feel this year than last year. Last year, everyone had Minnesota in the in the in the, in the conversation. They had um, Memphis in the conversation last year. Now it's like you have L A. L A. Houston. I really like Utah. I like Conley and Mitchell together. I have a feeling that's going to work. Um, Portland. You know, and you have Denver. Denver's they got better, yes. You know, but then it's us. Honestly, I I'll be honest. I'm biased, yes, but I think we're gonna finish around six or seven. We're gonna finish around six or seven. I think the Warriors, the Warriors are the only ones that I think Steph Curry's good enough to get them to the playoffs. But without Clay, I don't see him winning that many games as they did last year. Even with D'Angelo Russell there, D'Angelo Russell isn't Clay Thompson. Nobody's Clay Thompson. So. Yeah. So if it's just D'Angelo, Steph, and Draymond, I can see them hanging around six, seven, or eight where we're going to be at. Um, but I don't know. I I I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if I'm totally wrong and we get the fourth seed or the fifth seed just because we're going to have a hell of a defensive squad. It's going to yeah. be hard to score on us. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, when you look at the West, obviously. That a lot of teams are good and are going to be fighting for a playoff spot, but you know a lot of a few of these teams are going to be playing together almost for the first time. You know, I've seen New Orleans ahead of us. Mm-hmm. They're a bunch of young kids who've never played with each other. You know, obviously except for you know the three Lakers, but yeah. they've never played with each other with Zion and and, and Drew Holiday. They've never played together. You know, Dallas, Luca, and Chris Tapps, as good as friends as they are, they've never played together. Chris Tapps hasn't played in almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sacramento, they're still relatively young. They have a brand-new head coach. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we have a core that's at least been together for a, a couple of years, aside from DeMar, but we have Greg Popovich. Yeah. That, that, that's just... That that should be just a great part of this in a period. That's all you need to know. That's and I, really it. I don't think you're right. I think those are going to be the three teams that are sitting right outside the playoffs. I think the Pelicans are going to be good. Like, But like you said, you have all these guys that have never played together. And they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I don't think they're going to win that many games. You know what I'm saying? I see them hanging around 35 to 45 games. But they're going to be an ex- you're going to want to watch them every night. They're, but they're gonna oh, yeah. be, but they're gonna be losing every other night, you know, because they don't know what it takes to win basketball games ex- except for those three guys. And are those three guys plus Drew Holiday a playoff team? Well, I don't know. I mean, those three guys plus LeBron James wasn't a playoff team. So why those three guys plus Drew Holiday be a playoff team? And I like and I like New Orleans. I like Dallas too. But Dallas, Sacramento, and the Pelicans should not even be in the same conversation as the San Antonio Spurs for the reasons that you just. Explain to us right now. 
I just, I just, I think we're gonna need to shoot more threes, man. I, it's, it's gotta come yeah. from somewhere. And I think, I think it's been noted that I think Pop has gone to Demar about shooting more because mm-hmm. he kind of let him play his game and do what he wanted yeah. on the offensive side. But I think that it's been uh, reported that he has approached Demar or will approach Demar about taking. There's only there's only one player, two players, that I wouldn't mind trading Demar for. That's Bradley Beal and, and uh, Gordon Hayward. Those are the only two. I wouldn't want anyone else. If you had to trade mm-hmm. someone right now, they called you and said, "Hey, we'll give you whatever you want." Who are you taking? Out of Bradley Beal and Gordon Hayward, no, 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 or anyone, just for anyone in the like whole league, him. anybody. Was that? Anybody in Anybody the for yeah. DeMar? Yeah. I would I would probably want someone who could play the three um, because we're a little bit stacked at the guard spot. Mm-hmm. So I I really I couldn't really I really haven't like pondered mm-hmm. trade um possibilities like that. Um but you know, if you say, you know, Gordon Hayward, I'm not really high on him, mainly because after watching him this year he doesn't look like himself. He looked a little bit overweight. He well, was he just, a little bit He timid. just snapped his leg in half. Um, give, but give him a season. He was still a great player. <laughs> and then with Bradley Beal, I, I love Bradley Beal. I love his play style. I think he'd be perfect. It's just, you know, he's 6'5 and, you know, plays the two, yeah. which takes away a lot from Lonnie. It takes away from yeah, Derek, yeah. which takes away from, you know, a lot of other people who need to eat on the team. So I, re- I really don't know who I would trade DeMar for. I would need to, to look at every team and what every team could offer. Yeah, I like it. Honestly, I hope we just keep them. Let's ride out this next two years. Let's give it what – let's give it all we got. We got Timmy in the house now. It's going to be awesome. But all right, James. Yep. Hey, thanks for stopping by, man. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can go on Instagram, at SpursFeed. I try to post daily on there. Um that's you know what I use all the time. Or you can check me out on Twitter too. I have the Twitter. I just don't ever tweet because I don't have any followers. But if you want to go follow <laughs> that, that's Spurs Feed One. Um, those those are where you can find me at. So check me out there. I post a lot on my story. I try to post every day on my on my post. So and I try to be as engaging as possible. So that's where you can find me. All right, follow James at Spurs Feed. Thanks for coming on, man. We got to do this again soon. Yeah, man, for sure. Anytime. All right, James, I'll catch you later. Go Spurs, go. Yeah. Peace. Big shout out to James from Spurs Feed. Find him on Instagram or Spurs Feed 1 on Twitter and catch all his stuff. He's posting up all the time. Um, Big shout out to Tim Duncan for returning home. Thank you, brother. We missed you so much, mother. Go Spurs, go. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment for your Spurs Nation, a bucking Spurs podcast, baby. Go Spurs, go. Right. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right.